church, continuing in worship, if you will, open your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 8. Today, if you're here and you didn't have a Bible that you own, you can look in the pew and we have a Bible there, hopefully in front of you, uh, an ESV Bible that you can pick up and you can read this morning and you can turn to page 992. If you do not have a Bible and you're holding that ESV today, please take that as a gift. We would love for you to have that to continue to read, to learn learn more of Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 8. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And let them also be tested first, then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. Those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, which we open now to glean from, God, to be instructed. Father, we just ask that, Lord, as we study here in 1 Timothy chapter 3, the role of deacon, we would clearly hear this word. Father, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that hearts will be open to receive your word this morning. God, I thank you for the men that we will bring before the church this morning to serve as deacon this year. God, that their hearts are for you, that they line up with this passage which we've just read. God, to even be able to serve in a role of deacon, it took Jesus dying on the cross, him giving his life, for us, taking on our sins on our behalf, which we had no power or authority to do ourselves, but we fall short of your glory. We're thankful that Jesus does not fall short of your glory. Being God in the flesh, he took on our sins and paid for them in full. For that, we are grateful. We are grateful that he rose from the dead. And that we too will follow his example. As we will raise from this life to be with you in eternity. Already we are thankful that we have risen from the deadness of our sin to be alive in Christ while we live here on this earth. So to you be the glory of Father, we thank you for this time that we have. We ask that you move in power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may have a seat. We're going to change it up just for this Sunday, as we have dedicated this Sunday to be Deacon Sunday. And we have nine men that we're going to bring before you in just a little bit here. But before we do, I just want us to be clear on the role of deacon. Uh, just, just curious, how many of you were raised, I mean, from a child, you were raised in a Southern Baptist church? Just raise your hand. 
Okay, so uh, you would expect that in a Southern Baptist church, okay? So uh, you were raised in a Southern Baptist church, and, and then several of you were not. I mean, you come from a different background. And so I ask that question because I wonder how you view deacons. So let's just start with what deacons are not, okay? Um, deacons are not a secret society, okay, among the local church, okay? They're, it's not a secret group that meets together in a secret room with a, with a secret handshake, okay? Uh, these men are called on uh, by God. God gives them this role, and they are elected by the church, okay? So, and affirmed by the church. And so there comes a point in the year when we ask you to give recommendations of men that you see are qualified that meet what we have just read in First Timothy chapter 3, uh, one of the main passages there in the role of deacon. And then these men are then interviewed and then selected to be a part of the deacon body. And so it's not a secret society that's making all the decisions behind the scenes, okay? Uh, they're not a popularity group. And sadly, that can be the case in some local churches to where those who are well-known, they may not fit the qualifications, but everybody knows them. And so they're elected to serve in this role of deacon. Um, Also, it's not a a bunch of rogue men trying to run the church, at least not here at Perimeter Road. Now, you may have seen that in your background. You may have been a part of a local church where deacons made all the decisions, okay? The deacons actually ruled over the pastor, that the deacons ruled over the local church. And the reason that in many Southern Baptist churches that this has been established in, in such a fashion is because of the inconsistency of leadership among pastors through the years in a local church. And so because there's been so much turnover in one area, the church calls upon these deacons to say, hey, we need somebody to lead consistently. And that's where you see more of a deacon rule where they actually rule as elders. But in the Bible, we see a difference. If you will read in 1 Timothy chapter 3, right above what we read, you will see there are qualifications for elders and there are qualifications for deacons. They are not the same position. They are not to serve as the same position. And here at Perimeter Road, our deacons are servants. You know, I view deacons when I grew up as men who came and and they prayed for the offering up front. And then they passed out the offering plate. And I, and I could tell you which, all four of the deacons, when they prayed, I could tell you what they were going to pray. They prayed the same thing every week, okay? And they, they'd pass out the offering plates. And then that's all I ever saw deacons do. So growing up, I didn't know what deacons did. I just knew that a lot of the pastors um, that I heard preach when I was young, they used to always pick on deacons, okay? They always tell deacon jokes about them smoking in the parking lot, things like that. I know real deacons don't do that. And so, um, you know, so I would hear all these stories, you know, and think, what, what are the positive things of deacons? But we see in Scripture that they hold a big role. And in Acts chapter 6, that's kind of what we go back to and say, that's where the first deacons were enacted. At least we know they were servants, seven men that were chosen from the church, um, called on by the church to go and serve widows, because widows were being overlooked at this time. So as the gospel was going forth, uh, there was a group of people, the church, that were being overlooked. And so men were called to go and serve uh, the widows, to wait tables. And from there, then we start seeing the term deacon or deaconess. There are ladies who serve in the role of a deaconess in, in the New Testament as well as a servant role. In which I think, you know, according to Scripture, upholds uh, as long as, a, you know, it fits within understanding that deacons are separate from elders. Um, and so when we come here to 1 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 8, I, I want us to just look at a few things of 
who deacons are, how they are to serve, and, and, and this matches up correctly with how deacons serve here at Perimeter Road. So, uh, deacons are servant leaders, okay? A deacon must display godliness, okay? That is important that we see this within a deacon. One, they must be dignified, as we see in this passage, meaning worthy of respect without any character defect or holy. And you think, well, what person can that be? Well, none of us can uphold this role without Jesus, amen? Okay, so for us to be worthy of respect, we need Jesus. So it's important right off the bat that a deacon is a Christian, okay? That's important, all right? Uh, You could be amazed that in some local churches, some deacons who aren't Christians or who do not behave like Christians, okay, but they are to be worthy of respect, uh, to strive for holiness. Acts 6, verse 3, therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. When we look at holy, when we see the word holiness, it's when a follower of Jesus Christ is filled with the Holy Spirit and his simple desires are defeated. And so that's, that's what we desire for our life, right? That we be filled with the Spirit and our sinful desires be defeated. Because if we're all honest, we have sinful desires. That's why I gave that warning in, in the welcome time about the movie that's coming this, this Friday night that will be aired. And, and a lot of people see it as, as no big deal, but I think it's a huge deal especially for the church to intermingle within that because there are a lot of desires that will be stirred instantly that are not healthy, that are not godly. And so for a man serving in this role as a deacon, he is to be a model of one who is filled with the Holy Spirit, whose simple desires are being flushed out day by day. That's striving in holiness. Number two, he's not to be double-tongued, meaning he's to be sincere, heartfelt, earnest, honest, authentic. Looking for authentic leadership, people who uphold the gospel, who you can trust when they, when they speak and what they say is what they mean, is what they live out. James chapter 3, 7 through 12, we see the tongue for every kind of beast and bird and reptile, sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a ruthless or restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So the words that come forth from our mouth represent what's inside of us. And for a deacon, he is not to be double-tongued. He is to be sincere in his speech. What he says, he also carries out. Number three, he's not to be addicted to much wine. Meaning, and I I believe what's highlighted here, church, we like to take certain things in the Bible and just run with one specific area. I'll just say, do I think that drinking alcohol uh, leads to a lot of good things? No. Um, am I a proponent of alcohol? No. You're not going to see me on any commercials. You're not going to see me, you know, voting for, hey, alcohol sales to go up. I'm just not. That's me. That's personal. But when I look at this passage, not addicted to much wine, what we're seeing is that they live without addictions, that they're self-controlled, that they don't go to substance, whatever it may be, to give them comfort, to relax them, to take the edge off. No, that that's what the Holy Spirit does. As they're filled with the Holy Spirit, there is peace. That's what they seek. They don't have to go to any man-made thing 
to say, that's what I need for, for comfort. So that then they would embrace that and take too much of it and then go into drunkenness or whatever else it may be in their lives. They are not to be uh, addicted to other things and, and, and certainly not to much wine. We see in 1 Corinthians six twelve, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So what are you dominated by? You know, men who, who serve as deacon, I think this is a great evaluation. What, what things are you dominated by? What controls your life? What are the must-haves? What are your things you say, man, I'm weak in that area. When I, just, when I venture into this, man, it just takes hold of me. What is that? Because if it's not Christ, it needs to be put away. And so here, for some reason, and a very good reason, it's instructed that these men are not to be addicted to much wine. Number four, they're not to be greedy for dishonest gain, meaning not lovers of money. They need to be financially content and upright. You know, greed's all around us. Greed goes back, if you get it to the root, it's pride. And so they're, they're not to serve in this position in any greedy manner. First Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. So their love is to be Christ, not money, because in loving money, it can cause them to wander away. If you have a love for money, you will never have enough. You agree with that, church? I mean, if money is your love, you'll, you'll never have enough of it. So number five, hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience means that they have their sound, biblically sound, a theology that's held with deep conviction, not hearers of the word only, but, but doers of the word. And so not only are they to be built up in the word and, and, and just have knowledge, but no, they are to go live out the word of God. Then number six, they're to be tested or are proven worthy over time. So a new believer, somebody who just comes to follow Christ, is not to be inserted into the role of deacon because of the obligation of, of leadership. There's a growth process that takes place, and so there needs to be an examination among these men. And all the men that stand before you today have gone through an examination. You've seen them live their lives before you. That's the confidence you have in, in calling upon them to say, hey, we, we entrust, we know that you will serve well as deacon. And so they're tested, proven over time. And two, he must manage his home well. He must be the husband of one wife, which when you break that down means a one-woman man, meaning sexually pure. So what's going on in his life at the time? How is he leading his home? Let's not get off focus here. What, what is it talking about? It's saying you need to be faithful, men who are married, who are serving as deacons. I don't, I don't believe a man has to be married to serve as deacon, but if they are married um, and, and serving as deacon, they need to be faithful to their wives, okay? Um, because if you're not faithful to your wife, how are you going to be faithful in serving in the local church? If you're not leading your home well, how are you going to lead well in the local church? And may you never see the church leading in the church as more important than leading in your home. Very passionate about this. You know why? Because it, it applies to elders as well. It's pastors. We're not to put all of our energy in the local church 
and only save a little bit for home. You know how you, we as the church like to make fun of pastor's kids and deacon's kids, you know? They may grow up as hellions. Yeah, I pray mine don't. Um, I'm not saying that it's always the case because there's neglect in the home, but from talking with other pastor's kids who have wondered, one common testimony is that they felt like their dad loved the church more than they loved them. And deacons, I encourage you and I challenge you that your home ought to be in order. Because if it's not in order, you will not lead effectively here. And you should not lead here. And so we ask about the home. We, we talk to these deacons, how things are going in the home. What does it look like? Are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church? Are you striving to do that daily? So there to be a one-woman man, there to be sexually pure, there to pray for power to comprehend the love of Christ. We see this model in Ephesians chapter 5, 25 through 28 of what the home, what the marriage is to look like as a Christian. And number eight, he manages his children and household well. He's a godly husband and father who leads and manages and provides for his families. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. How can we provoke our children to anger. Deacons, how can you provoke your children to anger? By neglecting the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You lead that out. You leave that out because maybe you want to be friends with your children. You want your children to like you. When your children's friends come over to the house, you, you want to be that popular parent. You want to be that parent that your kid can always feel like they can approach and talk to. And so, in order to be that way, you feel like you need to scale back on the instructions and disciplines from Scripture. Also, discipline in the home when it comes to your child misbehaving and giving proper discipline. That's kind of a hot topic right now in, in the news world of what's appropriate and what's not. But, but Scripture puts before us how we are to discipline our children and so if we neglect this discipline and think that they're just automatically going to get it, we're wrong. We are in, in, in promoting them to wrath. And then sooner or later, we lose control over them. And they gain control over the parents. And you say, Brian, you're, you're young. You only have little boys. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not going on experience, okay? Yeah, you may have me on experience. Congrats. I'm going on Scripture. We're looking at what the Word says. You neglect these things, then this will happen. This will happen. And so parents, church, deacons, elders, may we take the home and may we pour forth our energy, our efforts, according to the word. May we teach and may we not neglect these things. Don't let TV teach your children, okay? Don't just leave it to Sesame Street to instill the values of your child, okay? And I know sometimes you need a little break, all right? Sesame Street can be your friend, okay? All right, I get that, I get that. But that is not to be the teacher of your home. Deacons, lead well in the home. Hold Scripture to high esteem. Talk about Scripture often. Every day, point your children to Jesus Christ. And so these things, in, in short, we could take a lot of time, and we have in the past, of how deacons serve. This, this, these are the qualifications. So the men who come up before you, they have been examined by these qualifications. And I will say that no man meets these perfectly. 
in fact, when we look at this, this isn't a model for super-Christianity. Okay, what I just went over, you go, man, that's a super-Christian right there. No, that's a Christian right there. That's how we follow Christ. So really what we're seeing here with these qualifications is that all of us should strive to meet these. But that when we call a man forward to serve as deacon, he most certainly should be meeting these qualifications. We're not talking about a super-Christianity. We're talking about Christianity, following Christ. So all of us should desire to uphold these things in our lives. So for our deacons, in the way in which they serve here in 2015, we've pinpointed 13 servanthood ministries. And we've asked you as the church, those the church who belong to this local church, who, who serve as members, we've asked you to sign up for one of these 13 ministries. We've said, hey, take, take three of them. Put your top three. And we've said, hey, take the time to, to sign up. And, and many have. Many of you have. Um, some still haven't, okay? Um, and today is a great opportunity for you to do that. You can take out your bulletin right now, and if you'll look, you'll see that there's a, a Servanthood Ministries card. And there also, you can see a card with our deacons. You can see their faces, okay? All the mugshots, okay? Off of Facebook, okay? So they're glad to have those on there. But we want you to see their faces. We want you to connect a face to a name, and there's their information. It's available for you. If you're interested in serving in any of these areas, then you can contact these gentlemen. You can also contact Lee over here. Raise your hand, Lee. There's Lee, our connections coordinator at leeatperimeterroad.com. We want you, church, to serve in a role. And you say, well, I already do serve. I serve with children. I serve with students. I serve with music. And we get that. And we're grateful that you serve in those areas. But in these servanthood areas, we feel that everybody within the local church, all, all adults in the, in the local church can, can serve in one of these areas, whether it be prayer, whether it be a widow's ministry, whether it be men's and women's ministry, whether it be a security team, whatever it may be, one of these areas that you would look and you would pray over and consider, but that you would serve in one of these as well. The last thing we want to do to the local church is burn everybody out. That's why we want everybody to be included. And so as you serve in one of these, we feel like we have a healthy model of a church that serves. Um, I presented this idea to some good friends not long ago. I said, hey, man, I would love to see that 70 to 80% of our local church body uh, is serving somewhere, is active some way. And he said, hey, man, when you accomplish it, won't you write a book and share it with us all, okay? He said it very sarcastically. You know, he was kidding, and his friend, but I didn't like it. You know, I didn't. I didn't laugh, really. Um, I thought, that's, that's a slap in the face. I mean, I, I need some encouragement, you know? That's a hard endeavor, and I'm not taking it upon it myself. I'm just saying, I would love for the local church to serve. What a grand idea, right? And so our goal is, is not to have members that come and join and then find a comfortable place to reside and just hear the word and to sing and worship and say, man, I love church. Know that you would come and that you would worship and you say, man, I love worshiping with the body and I love serving with the body. Um, I find it really hard to believe that you can be growing in Christ if we're not serving Christ. Um, and it doesn't happen by just reading a bunch of Scripture. Scripture's good and I'm glad that you take the time to read Scripture every day. You read it and then you go live it out. Not that you just hear, but you go and do. And so... With that, you see these areas of ministry. And so over these 13 areas of ministry, we have nine deacons. 
And our deacons here at Perimeter Road serve over these 13 areas of ministry. And so some of you have signed up. You signed up back in October, and you've asked me two or three times, when are we going to start? It's starting. Today is the starting line. You ready? It's happening. And I'm so excited to see across the board that we've had good participation. And I know that this is only going to continue to grow. And so if you haven't signed up yet and you say, man, I forgot to put my name down, or maybe you've already been serving in one of these areas and you thought, I don't need to put my name down. Yeah, you too. Okay, put it down. All right, all of us together. And then what you're going to see when we call the deacons forward and they come stand and we have a gift for all of our men who are serving. I'll explain that in just a minute. But when they come forward also on the screen, you will see their name. You will see the area that they're leading, and then the people that have already signed up to serve in that ministry. And so as you look at that, I just want you to take notice of all of these things. Um, And then, before I forget, on Wednesday night, we're going to come in here into this room, and all those who can be here on Wednesday night at 6.30, we're going to bring our deacons back in, and they're going to separate out into their uh, nine uh, different groups and those who are serving. And, And so if you're serving on one of these teams, we ask that you be here on Wednesday night if you can. And then we pray over these men and that you get started with these ministries. And so as I mention these ministries, I'm also going to tell you briefly something about them. Uh, But more than anything, I want you just to see these men um, and I want you to pray for them. Uh, And so we'll have a special time of prayer at the end of the service today. And so this Sunday morning looks a little different than most of our Sunday mornings. And so I just want to go ahead and say this before I mention our men, that if what I've said, you know, what you've heard this morning so far, and and us talking about Jesus and and these men not even being able to serve in this role unless they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and and, and you're hearing these things and you want to know more, we make ourselves available after the service to talk with you. Uh, I would love to share with you more about a life with Jesus. Um, So myself and other staff members, we're here. Uh, Please do not feel like you have to leave this building that nobody wants to talk to you. We would love to talk with you about following Jesus, okay? And so at this time, um, when I call uh, each deacon, if you will, if you will come up, I have a gift for you. And Lee, um, we have a gift for you. He's going to bring these over. These journals are for you this year to use within your ministry. Um, I know it's a little old school that you would actually take out a pen and write on paper these days, but we feel like it's still valuable. Um, And in the front, uh, you've had uh, family members, friends, friends, and myself, we've, we've written you notes of encouragement there uh, to go along with you this year. Uh, but just one small way for us to say thank you uh, for taking on this role. And, and I want to say, and I'll say it again, but to the family of each deacon, thank you so much uh, in your kindness for allowing them to serve and uh, being right on board with them. It means so much to us. Um, at Lee, I just want to make sure. Yeah, I see it. You got it. Man, Lee's good. All right, now, here we go. Um, our chairman of deacons this year, um, is Joe Crow. Mr. Joe Crow, if you will come, and y'all encourage him as he comes forward, okay? And uh, There you go, brother. I appreciate you, okay? And uh, I'm excited for this man. I'm going to have you stand, because I know in your job sometimes you got to stand in place for a long time. I figured I'd call you first, and you'd be good to do that, okay? And, uh, but Mr. Joe Crow is, is head of our deacons, and he's going to be serving 
uh, with security uh, this year. And so the security team um, is already in action. There, there are men that walk this campus during our service. So those of you who have children in the other wing, uh, they pay careful attention to make sure nobody's just wandering over there. Uh, it's, it's secure. It's locked down over there. And uh, Mr. Joe Crow is going to be heading that up this year along with overseeing um, the role of uh, all the deacons. And so we'll be meeting with them together um, and so thank you so much, brother, and I'm glad you're here. You can stay standing right there, okay? You'll set the model, all right? Next is Wayne Starkey. Where are you, Wayne Starkey? All right, come on, Wayne. Wayne is over baptism and, and Lord's Supper, and some of you may like to call it communion. Go ahead, call it communion. That's fine with me, all right? So uh, baptism and, and Lord's Supper... Um, are two ordinances that we uphold um, that Christ has commanded. And uh, through baptism, um, we have baptisms right up here if you've never seen one before here at Perimeter Road. And behind that wall are many volunteers that help serve. You never see them, uh, but they help to make sure that the robes are ready and that they have everybody in place where they need to be. And y'all have served so well in that. And uh, Wayne's going to help oversee that as well as when we do Lord's Supper, when we have communion together as the church to make sure that everything is set up. And, and these are small little details, but you think, hey, I, I would love to serve on that team. This is the man you need to see right here. And um, we're excited because these are things that we need to be faithful in doing, and, uh, and they need to be handled with care. And also, one thing is that once a person is baptized, there is follow-up that needs to uh, take place. And Wayne Starkey's in charge of that, making sure that we get literature into the hands of those who are baptized and helping them grow in Christ. So thank you, Wayne. Next, we have Tim Reeves. And Tim is over our food bank and also our prayer team. And those kind of go together. Yes, uh, our food bank meets once a month every third Saturday. And many of you have served in the food bank, and, and you're free to continue to serve there. We've had quite a, a, a bit of people who have signed up for the food bank, as you can see, a very healthy team there that will take place in, in serving each month. And Tim will be orchestrating that, overseeing that, as well as our prayer team. Prayer doesn't just have to exist on, on Wednesday nights. I mean, prayer is constant. I mean, we have people praying in many different ways um, for many different things here on campus. Uh, one of those, I have somebody who just felt led by the Lord to come in and pray over me uh, before I preach on Sunday mornings. And, uh, and so we say, hey, come on. And, and so prayer ministry and, and, and different ways in which we can pray for things going on, uh, Tim Reeves will be in charge of that. And so if you're interested in signing up, this is the man here uh, that you need to see. And then Ed Rains. Come forward, Ed. Ed's over our greeters and section hosts. Many of you see Ed standing in the back. Good to see you, brother. And um, he's the one who counts up top, too. So he sees all of who's here, and he sees all of what you do during the service, too. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe some of y'all are on Facebook during the service. Man, I can't believe it. So anyway, now nah, he, he serves faithfully, and uh, he has helped with our greeters, um, and he's helped um, also with starting up our section host. And so this is, this is kind of new to us, but section hosts, you would, you would serve in a certain area uh, where you sit every Sunday, and you get to know the people all around you. 
And then when there are guests that come and sit in your area, you greet them, and then you help them uh, to, to fill out information, but also to come introduce them to the staff. I mean, we love meeting new people who come, and our section hosts are faithful at doing this. And so uh, Ed Rains will be over our greeters and our section hosts. We believe that anybody who comes to, to join the church One area that you can quickly serve in would be a greeter because that's a great way to know people. And then, um, but also a section host because if you go up to somebody and say, hey, it's it's good to meet you. I'm glad that you're here. And they look back at you and say, hey, I've been here for two years. Nice to meet you. You know, you just say, hey, well, I'm new, right? I'm new. That's not bad. So it's bad when you're the pastor and you do that. Okay, so that's unexcusable. All right, now, um, but Ed Rains is going to be serving as greeters and section hosts. And thank you, Ed, uh, for taking on this, this job task. Joseph Jagenakin, also known as Jag. Come on, Jag. Jag will oversee helping hands, and uh, this is one of his great gifts, and uh, we're excited that he is going to be able to to help within the community and in this local church. We have different needs uh, that are mentioned to us, and um, we want people to sign up for this team so that uh, when we have a need to maybe work at a house or, or to take someone uh, to a location where they need a ride, whatever it may be, uh, helping hands can be called upon. And JAG will oversee this team. And so there are many uh, things and directions that this could take. And so if you're interested in, in serving, you're good at working uh, with your hands on projects and you know, construction, those things. Uh, we would love for you to sign up, but also if you have a servant's heart and, and you want to be there to help in a time of need, uh, you can contact JAG and we can get, set up, get you set up with, with helping hands. What a wonderful ministry it has been and it's going to continue to be. Uh, next we have Johnny Isom. Mr. Johnny's going to be over our hospital visitation and... We're excited. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. That he is coming on to serve in this position. Um, We as staff, we we go to the hospital uh, to visit. Uh, Also, Mr. Charlie Fleetwood, who kind of heads that uh, area for us, does a fantastic job as well. Um, I believe he's at South Georgia Medical Center maybe five days a week. He is there. He's faithful, and we're grateful for how he leads. He's going to be working closely with Mr. Johnny Isom. Um, and we thought, what a great model to have the local church come alongside and also have those who would visit in the hospital, those who would write letters, those who would make phone calls and do follow-ups for those who have been in the hospital. And many of you jumped on this pretty quick, and you've been saying, hey, when can I go to the hospital? Um, we're excited that you've, you've served uh, or signed up for this and that you will be serving in this area. Uh, Mr. Johnny Isom uh, has, was teaching a, a class, community group class, and uh, felt that taking on this role is so important that he set that aside. Uh, somebody else is now taking that on, Mr. Charlie, as a matter of fact. And, and Mr. Johnny Isom's focusing his attention on this. Uh, Joe Crow did the same thing with, with his class and, and the areas he's serving in. And I appreciate that commitment, that dedication, um, and the seriousness of, of this role. And so if you're interested in serving those who are in the hospital, uh, this would be a great uh, role for you to, to sign up for. And uh, thank you, Mr. Johnny. Um, Frank Cook. Appreciate you. Not only does Mr. Frank have one of the finest mustaches you've ever seen, okay, 
uh, that man, he is, uh, he is a great servant. And uh, from the time when Mr. Frank began to follow Jesus, he started serving. And, and serving in, in just many ways, where, wherever he could find a servant. And, and so it's been awesome to celebrate with him each year. Um, I think he holds near and dear his uh, time of salvation, uh, his born again, uh, more important than his birthday, because we're always reminded of that time and we celebrate with him. And, and so he is such a servant. He serves upstairs with the students, but also he helps with our men's ministry. And so as you see that he's over men's and women's ministry, um, this doesn't mean, ladies, that he's going to be leading uh, your women's events, okay? You don't want Mr. Frank leading your women's events, okay? Um, he does a lot of good things. That's not what you want him to do. Um, but he is to hold accountable those leaders over women's ministry and also uh, the men that are over men's ministry. And much of the follow-up uh, uh, follow when it comes to discipleship should happen through men's and women's ministries. And so things like uh, two Wednesday nights ago when we met and, and we had a, a ladies' night and, and a men's night of coming together, that was, was a blast, and we have many of those coming up. Um, Mr. Frank is in charge of overseeing the follow-up and, and, and also the discipleship that happens with our men and women in the church. So if you're a follower of Christ and you're saying, I need somebody, I need somebody to encourage me in the word, I need to be connected, uh, you need to see Mr. Frank because he will get you connected with somebody to meet with and study the word. But also when it comes to events for men and events for, for women, um, he helps to oversee uh, and, and bring encouragement to make sure that we constantly have things going on in our calendar um, for that uh, encouragement and fellowship as well. So thank you. Mr. Frank, and then Tim Ortmeyer. Mr. Tim is, is over missions, uh, which will be local, state, domestic, and, and international. And so we've, we've had a missions team before, and, uh, and this will continue on. Brother, I appreciate you. Thank you. And... Uh, Tim's going to oversee this team, and, and you see there are a couple of names, and I appreciate you college girls jumping on missions. That's awesome. And uh, this is an area of need. Uh, when we see missions, I think there's a fear that goes, whoa, am I going to be asked to go on a mission trip? What does that look like? Uh, this is a team that meets together to oversee, to help plan, and also to make sure that as we set aside a budget for uh, missions and, and helping that they help uh, with offering feedback and that, some accountability. But this team will meet together um, about once a month and look over the mission projects that we have going on. We talked about the one-mile radius uh, around Perimeter Road. Um, and then also we have our four mission trips that we go on, and we've also um, talked about in the future as we plant churches, what that looks like. And this missions team will be all a part of that. And so it's really an exciting team as we look at the church and going and penetrating the culture, which is a big part of what we do. And so you're saying, hey, I need an area to serve on, and, and, and I'm really passionate about going out and, and spreading the name of Jesus. It's going to be a great team to be a part of, and I'm excited that Mr. Tim is going to be leading our missions. Um, and there's so many areas to cover within that, and we're grateful for your leadership, Tim. And then we have Josh Davis. Come on, Josh. Josh is a busy guy because he has a newborn at home, right? And uh, so, good. Appreciate you. And uh, Josh also helps teach our college students and does a fantastic job uh, with leading our college students. And, you know, he has been called upon to lead our widow's ministry. And uh, we're very passionate about these ladies and also men 
um, in, in our church. And we've, we've talked with Josh and, and getting ideas from him, but also incorporating college ministry into this. But many of you signed up for this area of ministry, as you can see, which I think is fantastic because there's so many roles uh, which can be filled within our widow's ministry. And as we see in Acts chapter 6, this was the, 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 the role that they were called upon to serve in as, as deacon and so uh, servant. And so thank you for those who have, who have signed up under this area, and you'll be meeting with Josh. Um, and then also, it's okay, men, you can sign up for this too, okay? Um, but there are ladies uh, that would love to, to sit and, and talk with you, and, and men that would love to sit and, and talk with you. There are times when we go and make visits and just sit and talk and, and learn, and it's so neat to hear about life and life experiences and, and what all has been encountered in somebody's life. Um, and Josh is, is taking the lead on this, and I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. And uh, we hope that in all of these ministries, these 13 areas, and you say, hey, well, w- what about these other areas? I mean, there's, there's other areas we can add. We understand that. We wanted to start with these 13. And we said in 2015, if we can take uh, these 13 ministries, we have these nine men serving and serving well, and you s- serving on a team as well under their leadership. There's going to be good accountability, good leadership here. And we think these areas of ministry are going to thrive. And as a church, we can't help but grow in that. We know the Lord brings the increase, but we're going to be faithful in serving Him in these, in these areas of ministry. And so after seeing this, you know, you may be led to sign up for something. And, and, and for those you've seen your name up there, that serves as a little bit of accountability, right? Um, that now the church has seen your name and, and signing up under that. And we, that's how the church should function. And uh, so we're excited about you serving. Thank you so much for, for signing up. And here's what I once again invite you to do. On, on Wednesday night, uh, that you would be here at 6.30. Uh, we're going to break into nine groups and, 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 and pray over these men, but also uh, you'll have your first meeting with them. And uh, this is just a great opportunity for starting uh, out the gate. And for us to close our service today, um, I'm going to ask that you nine gentlemen, if you will, if you can, somewhere along this front, um, if you will uh, kneel down and, or sit and we're going to ask that your families uh, and close friends will go ahead and, and come and surround you uh, to pray over you at this time. So can we go ahead and do that? If you gentlemen will, if you'll find a place here along the front of the stage, and you'll kneel. And y'all may want to spread out a little bit. Yeah, you go. Keep going on, Dale and Ed, okay? And Because uh, we're going to ask that the church uh, come behind them uh, to pray for you. So we're going to close out a little different uh, today in, in the message part. Um, I'm going to ask that family right now of, of these men, if you will come and uh, place a hand on these gentlemen and close friends. And once again, I just want to say thank you so much uh, to family and to these men uh, for being willing to serve and to serve well. I, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm thankful for you. I love you. And I'm very excited to see this year unfold under your leadership. And um, we want to take time just to pray over you uh, now as we continue to move forward. And and I would ask uh, now, church family, those who feel led, um, if you will, come on up and you pray. Help us pray over these men. So all church family that feels comfortable coming on up, you come on. Um, and anybody here today that feels led to come and pray. Uh, we just don't leave that to church family, but anybody today that would like to come forward and pray. Um, this is so important as a church, and you take opportunities to teach while we're in motion. Um, you may be uncomfortable by what you see up here, but this is a great sight. Uh, this is 
church coming together to pray. Pray over leaders because we know that they need it. We know that they need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be led by Christ. And so we're going to take this time to pray over them. And uh, maybe uh, if you come forward, uh, you join in prayer. Um, but if you remain seated as well, there's a great opportunity for you just to read over 1 Timothy chapter 3, those qualifications, and pray for these men as well. So we are all participating in this time. Clint's going to play, and we're just going into a time of prayer. And so if you're up here, you begin praying over these men.